Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're going to jump into Genesis um, chapter 1. We're going to do verse 12, and then we're going to jump to verse 28. Genesis one twenty-eight is the very first verse um, that I used when I first preached up here in January of a year and a half ago. Genesis one twenty-eight. I don't know why, it just does something to my soul. So we're going to go back there um, and revisit it. It just um, for a minute, Pastor Kurt. Just have um, have that word ready, just in case. Just in case, okay. Um, I asked um, Brother Dave LeBeau. We're gonna do some slides um, just for a couple things. Don't get excited. Like there are no words, okay? So just pictures. <laughs> uh, let's put up the first one. Uh, if I had, um, if I were gonna put a title to this message this morning, um, I would title it Fruitful or Vegetable. Fruitful or Vegetable. Okay, so I want to play a quick game. I want you to tell me in your estimation, is this a fruit or a vegetable? All right, that's a quiet church. I know y'all back there can hear me. All right, is this a fruit or a vegetable? All right, everybody got that one. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you whether it's right or not just yet. Next, let's go to the next one. All right, this is this is a fruit or a vegetable. All right, okay, we're doing pretty good. Next, let's go to the next one. Oh, okay, one of my favorites, one of my favorites, and one of the fruit. Okay, next, let's go to the next one. Ooh, fruit. Huh. Okay, next. Vegetable. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, hold on to the, for this one. Don't go, don't go too fast now. Don't go too fast. This is an avocado. That's true. Pastor John got it. Okay. But that's not the question that I asked, Pastor John. Is this a fruit or a vegetable, ladies and gentlemen? Ooh, Rolson said vegetable, but quietly. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Ooh, a fruit. Okay, next. Is there any more? Yeah, okay. A tomato. Palazzi, what do you say? What is it? It's a fruit, you say? Okay. And that's the last one, yeah? No, 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 not that one. That's a, that's a giveaway. Don't, don't give me that one, not that one. Okay. <clears throat> All right, we're going to take your Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Let's give this thing some definition. We're going to say verse 11. says, Then God said, Let the earth... Sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. All right, one more time. (laughs) Everybody's quiet, okay? Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. So so I want you to see uh, as we begin today that the only difference in the definition that the Lord gives us, they both have a seed that they give off, but one has it inside of itself and one does not. That's the biblical, that's what the Lord says about fruit. He's talking right there. You got that? Everybody's good? Y'all good? 
All right, I know it's a science lesson, so just give me a minute, okay? Let's get them pictures back up. Let's see what we got. Fruit or a vegetable? Okay, next. Fruit or a vegetable? Okay, good job, y'all doing great. Strawberry, fruit or a vegetable? It's a fruit. And the seed is on it, on the outside. It's in it, it's on it, on the outside. You can't see it there, but yes, those are little seeds. That's those little, what those little bits are. Next. Fruit or vegetable? Okay, that's a fruit, yeah, because sometimes you get the, the lemons, and, uh, the seeds inside of your lemonade, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, next. Oh my goodness, Pastor John, you almost got got. Pastor John almost got got. He saw the grain and he said vegetable, but there's a seed inside of this thing that lives on the inside of it. So the Lord would say, that's a fruit. Next. Avocado. Everybody knows there's a seed inside of the avocado. So the Lord would say, that's a fruit. Next. Watermelon. Fruit, fruit. We know that. All right, that's a good one. Good. Next. And there's a seed, my friends. There's a seed inside. There's a seed inside. So the Lord would say, that's a fruit. All right, Genesis 1:28. Let's hit that real quick. It says, God bless them. This is um, Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. One more time. He blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful, not vegetable. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay. Uh, while I set this thing up, let's go to 1 Kings. We're going to hit uh, chapter 21. Okay, so we'll start with this. Number one, I hate salad. Okay, if you know me, there is no anointing on salad for me. I just can't do the cold vegetables. I'll eat them hot, cooked, that's all right. The cold ones, ooh, there's just something that just, ugh, just, I cringe. Now, every once in a while, I'll eat a salad off of Holly's plate, and I'll take like two bites, but I don't want a salad of my own. Don't make me no salad. I'm good. I appreciate you, okay? Because my grandmother told me that the reason why we eat salad is for roughage. <laughs> Some people don't know what that means, so I'm, I'm going to take you through this. Roughage, that's the leafy bits that you eat uh, that cleanses your colon and keeps things moving <laughs> through the digestive tract. Y'all are like, where are we going? Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere, okay? And... Um, and so as I started this message with the Lord, I, I'm chuckling to myself because I really don't like cold vegetables. It doesn't matter how you give them to me. I just really don't want them. Broccoli, Holly will eat raw broccoli all day long. She don't care. That's Satan. Ain't no God in that. Like, I have to pray for her. Every time I see her do it, I gotta pray. Cause it's just, there's just something wrong in that, okay? Especially because you are what you eat. You're eating vegetables. I want you to be a fruit, girl. No, okay. Um, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, 
Now, what I found, right, as I did research, because I really, really wanted to get up here and tell y'all, vegetables don't have as much nutrients as you think. You want some nutrients, you want some sustenance, you find fruit, doggone it. You don't have no vegetables, they don't give you nothing. And the more I researched, the more I found that fruits and vegetables, depending on which ones, give you a lot of the same nutrients. And I found this to be... Um, to be a, a really interesting space, right? Because some of us in here think that we are sustaining something, but we're only vegetation and not actually fruitful. And yes, you can be sustained off the vegetables. I can't, I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth. You can be sustained off the vegetation but my friends, in a, in a serious space, uh, the thing that we've been talking about so much here is a generational thing that's happening, breaking off the old generational curses and tugging on the Lord for the blessings that he already has in store for us. And I'm telling you this, my friends, if you are a vegetable or a vegetable tree even, or a vegetable plant even, if that is you, then unfortunately you have only planted for the next season, not the next generation. Because the vegetable will never regrow itself. The fruit will come back every year. All right, let's, let's get to 1 Kings. Uh, before we do that, let's just define the word fruitful. I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and we were talking about fruitfulness, and I know that we described it from the Lord, but um, I want to open it up just a little bit more, my friends, because we think of fruitful as bearing fruit. All right, and there is something to that, right? But it's not just to bear fruit that makes you fruitful. You can also be, be fruitful by making something else bear fruit. All right, hear what I'm telling you. If you're a good gardener, my friends, and you have a good apple tree or, or an orange tree out in your yard, and you cause that to bear fruit consistently, you, by definition, are fruitful. Okay, so I, I don't want you just to look and to think of yourself, well, I don't see any fruit right now, right? Because it's, its fruit comes forth in its season. But just because you don't see any fruit today does not mean that you are not fruitful in someone else's life. Don't let that rest on you. The enemy is trying to convince some of you that you're not fruitful because you haven't tasted your own fruit but you are causing others to come up higher and to reach deeper. That's fruitful. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind the lying, uh, the lying words that have been in some of our minds that has caused us to believe that we're not what you have blessed us to be. Fruitful. God, I thank you that you are calling us higher towards fruitfulness today in Jesus' name. Um, just before uh, we move into that story in First Kings, which is a really familiar one, you'll basically all know it. Um, I want you to get this. If you're writing things down, get this. A seedless fruit is just a glorified vegetable. Wow. 
a seedless watermelon. We'll say it's a fruit. I don't know if the Lord does. Because we've taken away, because for us, it's more work to leave the seed in. So I've taken away the very thing that by definition makes this fruitful. My friends, some, <laughs> good night. Some of our faith is just a glorified vegetable. See, the problem is that from the outside, you can't tell if the watermelon is seedless or not. You have to crush it. You've got to break it in order to see what's really inside. The enemy is fine, my friends, with you multiplying as long as it's only vegetables. Be fruitful and multiply is the command. And if you're vegetation, as, if you're multiplying and it's just vegetables, enemy don't care that much. If he can crush your seed, right? That's, <laughs> that's what he's talking to Eve about. Crushing, right? Your seed and the serpent are going to have enmity. There's something in fruitfulness there that she's fruitful. Uh, and then there's multiplication that happens after Jesus is planted as a seed. Okay, first Kings, let's go. Uh, verse, uh, we're going to do chapter 21. We're going to read those first few verses. Now it came about after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is close beside my house, and I will give you a better vineyard than it in its place. If you'd like, I will give you the price of it in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid me that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab came into his house sullen and vexed because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and ate no food. Uh, I want to hit just a few quick spots in this story. Um, and we're going to leave this thing alone, okay? Uh, there's a man named Naboth. He has a vineyard. A vineyard that he has gotten from his fathers. There's an inheritance that he's gained, okay? I want you to know that uh, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit kind of directed me um, in, in this, in a couple different ways. There are things that I did not know that I know now just from studying for this message. So um, just walk with me as I lay certain parts out for you. Um, the name Naboth means a sprout. It's from a word um, in the Hebrew that means a sprout. Some would also say, uh, the more I looked, so I found a sprout. Um, I found that some would say his name means um, words or promises. And some would say also that his name means fruits. And so I want you to see that the position of Jezebel, the posture of Jezebel, is to come in and destroy Naboth. The sprout. The fruit. The promises. 
<laughs> and we always talk about Jezebel trying to destroy prophetic things, and she absolutely is. But God, if that's not promises and words, I don't know what is. Like, that, that's, that, that's prophecy, friends. And she essentially is trying to destroy him. Just by destroying, uh, just by destroying him, she's trying to destroy something that reaches wider than him. That's what I want you to see. I want you to, to know that not uh, just because you put your hand on it, the Lord is actually trying to expand it and, and let it be wider. Give it a wide. Uh, Pastor Zach always talks about lengthening the cords, right? Why? Because he wants his reach to go. If he's lifted up, he'll draw men to himself. And so our job is to lift him higher and to make the reach go out further uh, by being fruitful, Sometimes your seed will touch places that you never were able to. Okay, all right. Somebody doesn't believe that yet, but we're gonna work on it, okay? Um, I want you to see here that the vineyard, as I looked this up, okay, we're just gonna give some definitions to the words, um, biblically speaking, and then, um, and then we'll finish out with a couple of points, okay? Vineyard here is uh, specifically talking of cultivated earth, right? So you couldn't just go to a garden that had some other fruit but had not been cultivated and call that a vineyard. That's not a vineyard. That's a garden. Okay? A vineyard implies that there have been years and years of work and manipulation and process that we have gone through to make this thing actually fruitful. Okay? So it's not just a garden. There's some fruit that's coming out on the other side. Now, um, in some spaces, this word vineyard would also um, have been used for an olive yard. Um, a place where they grow olives, this, this would also be used. And I know in our minds, in our American minds, we think of it as just grapes, okay? But I want you to see a little bit higher up there. And then lastly, it would be a garden of wine. Specifically that we're pulling these things. They have been cultivated for the preservation and fermentation so that the wine can flow. All right, everybody's good? We got that? Okay. I also want you to see this, uh, this section as um, the vineyard in, in the prophets, as the prophets unfolded things, a vineyard oftentimes was significant or used as an image of the people of God. You're supposed to be fruitful, my friends. And so when you get a whole bunch of fruit together that has been processed and cultivated on purpose, what do we call that? A vineyard. Thank you, my love. One person is listening. God bless you. All right. That's all I needed. Wheeler for the win. All right. On the other side, when it says vegetable garden, that word vegetable is literally just greens, herbs. That's why Pastor John got confused. He saw the green on the screen and thought it was a vegetable. <laughs> means greens or herbs. And um, I want you to see that it's first used in Deuteronomy 11. This, this hit my heart so hard. In Deuteronomy 11, um, the Lord is telling the Israelites that the place that you came out of, Egypt, where you had to sow the vegetables with your foot, like you had to tread out the vegetables, as in like you didn't have animals treading the ground. You were the treading, okay? That where you did that, that's not going to happen anymore the place that you're coming into will be fruitful, not vegetable. This is what he says. I want to take you a step further, my friends, because it just destroyed my heart when he reminded me that the thing that the Israelites complained about was not the fruit of Egypt. It was the vegetables. They begged to go back 
for leeks and onions. The Lord says, I'm taking you to a place where the grapes are bigger than your darn head. And you're begging to go back over a vegetable garden? And I want you to see this story in Kings, my friends, as such a beautiful parallel to that. That the enemy's job, really, he'll let you be fruitful as long as you're seedless. Go ahead and do it. Do big things. Put your hand to it. Go ahead. Go ahead and build a church. Go ahead. Go ahead and buy land. Go ahead. Do it. As long as you're just a vegetable patch that has to be trod out with your feet every time. You are the animal in that situation. He's trying to elevate you, my friends. He's trying to bring you higher. You will eat from your vegetable patch, but God is really trying to get us to perceive and to believe that this generational thing that he's doing here. If you are only planting, my friends, for the next season and not for the next generation, you are burying the talent. And the Lord says that that is wicked. If you're not putting something in the ground for the generations to come, and it's only for you, and you're only going to eat. If you are the only person who has tasted revival in your family, and you're not trying to sow something else toward, if you're happy and just want to live back in those days instead of trying to bring them up, you're planting vegetables, and you're burying talents in the ground. There's a Holy Spirit that wants to rest on all flesh, all fl your sons and your daughters. That's generational. He don't just want you to prophesy. He doesn't want you just to see healing. He doesn't want you just laying hands. He said all your sons and your daughters are going to partake of this thing if you can get the vegetable out and make sure that the seed stays in. Don't ask for seedless watermelon anymore, my friends. In the spirit, you're killing yourself. Don't get any seedless grapes anymore. In the spirit, that's not of the Holy Spirit. That's of the flesh. The Lord did not make a seedless watermelon. That's your flesh trying to get it. All right. All right, all right, let's move on. Before I get in trouble. All right, so we see the story. We see Ahab. We see uh, Naboth. Ahab goes back. He's sullen and vexed. Jezebel says, I'll take care of this. You don't worry about a thing. And the Bible says, this wrecks me, but I'm not preaching on this, but it wrecks me. The Bible says that Jezebel takes the name. She uses his name and his seal. In order to effect what she wants to effect. And in the same way, my friend, um, the enemy is trying to do the same thing. If the enemy can kill, if you're writing things down, get this. If the enemy can kill the fruit and the fruitfulness of the fathers, he will inevitably abort any chance of wine for the sons. If, it's because you were talking, John, no. If the enemy can kill the fruit 
and the fruitfulness of the fathers. He will abort the opportunity for wine for the sons. If he can, if he can stop you from being fruitful, you need grapes for several generations, my friends, in order to get good wine. You can't take a first crop of grapes to get good wine. It's got to be cultivated for years. And again, some of you have been cultivating things for years. That's why it's so devastating sometimes when you have a prodigal. Because I've been cultivating for years for you. You're the seed. I've been trying to make sure that things stay faithful in this place, that, that the, the atmosphere stays right because you're the seed. And I hear the Father saying the same thing to you today, friends. Sometimes the atmosphere has not felt great. But do you know that certain trees, they actually, uh, what is it, the fig or the olive tree, it needs to be beat every once in a while to get better fruit out of it? If you take an apple tree and it has never been in any wind and you've produced it up in, a, in an atmosphere that did not have adversity and then you go and plant that thing in the ground, as soon as a, gen, it ain't even a harsh wind, a gen, and he, my friends, if you haven't had any adversity, I doubt you're going to be able to lift any weight. Because adversity equals resistance equals perseverance. And so, so there are some places, my friends, that you have felt um, that the atmosphere wasn't right for your growth. And I want you to hear the voice of the Father today saying, no, 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 the adversity, trials work patience. <laughs> the adversity is required for you to grow big and strong, right? The call is to bear fruit much fruit and fruit that remains. If you're bearing fruit but not much fruit, the Lord is not doing his job. <laughs> or you're not letting him. I want you to see at the end of this story, the enemy is offering replacement for your fruitfulness. He's trying to get you to exchange it. Just like the Lord uh, um, is trying to get you to exchange your strength, right? They that wait on the Lord shall renew or exchange their strength. The enemy is doing the same thing. It's just a perversion. He's trying to literally get you to exchange the fruitfulness of your father. He even tells him a better vineyard. How could you not want a better vineyard? And he says, I can't give up the inheritance of my fathers. My fathers have worked on this land. They have put blood, sweat, and tears into this place. And I can't just give that up. That word inheritance there um, can also be used as occupation. I'm not willing to give up the occupation, the work of my fathers. But I also thought of occupying the land. Yeah, Kurt, come on, bro. I'm not willing to give up my occupation. I'm not willing to give up the land that the Lord has given me. 
I don't care what Swansea says. We're not willing to give this thing up. Ain't the devil a liar, but because the Lord called us to occupy this bay. The well of Rehoboth is supposed to be occupied by his Providence Church. I don't care what you say. I know for a fact that God is calling us to occupy the place that he says there is space made for you. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. So then, um, my friends, if you fail to occupy... Jezebel will kill the sprout or the word or the promises or the fruit so that Ahab can take possession, so that Ahab can take occupation and rip it up to plant vegetables, roughage. Uh, Jackie Santos has been challenging us terribly to stand in our place, to not give up our occupation, right? To do it from a low place. Naboth doesn't really have that much authority. He's talking to the king. You don't come at the king harsh, but you still don't give up your occupation. He's only the prince of the air, my friends. You serve the king. Satan is just a prince. He don't run nothing but his mouth. That's what my aunt used to tell me. You don't come over here and try and run my house. You don't run nothing but your mouth. That's what I'm telling Satan today. You don't run anything but your mouth, and I don't believe it anymore, as a matter of fact. Come on, friends. Come on. All right. So we're going to hit one more place. Um, we're going to talk about grafting. Um, grafting, and the, the Holy Spirit started to pull me and tug me into this direction. Okay, so I want you... Um, there are, there are two different parts. Maybe I'll back up a minute. Let me make this statement. Um, fruitfulness is about the product. Fruitfulness is about the product or produce. Faithfulness is about the process. A lot of us do know them by their fruit. We don't know them by their faith. We see the fruit bearing in the end, but we're not sure what happened in the process. And this is the trick, my friends. If you actually have a good seed-bearing fruit, it will produce more fruit on its own. But then the Bible says that there's a good gardener who when he sees the, root, the, the vine that's already bearing fruit, he prunes it. Why? So it will bear more fruit. And so in the process, I keep going back to Lil's house. Lilia, she told me the story, and it's wrecked me, and I've used it several times since, right? She talked about when she first got to her house, it was a blueberry, blackberry bush, something like that, that grew out and out and out. And the birds, you said that only the birds could get to it because it had grown, and you hadn't cut it back, and you hadn't pruned. All right, so now, at first she was like, uh-uh. Now she's like, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I am telling, I was at the right house, I swear. Um, Okay? And so she had a, a bush that fruited every year. But for the first few years, she said she did nothing with it. And what happened was the thorns and thistles started to grow around the fruit. And the only thing that at that point could benefit and get sustenance from the fruit was the birds. Because you couldn't even reach in and get it. 
And in order for it to be a fruitfulness that was sustainable, she not only had to be fruitful, she had to be faithful. Because she was seeing the product already, my friends, but she could not get access to it without her faithfulness. Right? And this is what the Lord wants. He wants a vineyard, not just a vegetable patch. He don't just want a garden of fruit. He wants a vineyard, which means that faithfulness has been put into it. Their hands have worked on that thing, right? And that's you, my friends. You are the fruit that the Lord's hands have been all over. That he's been shaping you and molding you into what he wants you to be. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> when you graft something, there are two separate portions, okay? Grafting meaning like pulling two things together, um, and so there's what they call the rootstock, right? And that's what it sounds like, the root part. Um, and then uh, there's the part that's actually bearing the fruit, okay? And so, again, I didn't know any of this, so let me just lay it out for two minutes, okay? Um, the grafting of the rootstock, you take the rootstock, and the rootstock's job is to protect, um, Protect the plant, okay? That's how you keep away disease and pests, is through the rootstock. And so a lot of times you'll have a plant that's bearing pretty good fruit, but it keeps getting sick. And in that case, you gotta check the rootstock. That's when you would take a part of the upper plant, the part that's bearing fruit, and you would graft it in to a part that is not. All right, a rootstock that's still alive, but it's part of a different plant that actually has been, uh, has been processed so that it actually lives better. It protects against disease and pests, okay? Number two, uh, how you get nutrients into that tree is through the rootstock, okay? How you pull up water, what, what you're getting in the way of nutrients is through the rootstock, okay? And so this is what I'll say to you, my friends. If you don't have fruit on a tree, Check the roots. That's the first place you gotta go, and they'll tell you that. If you don't see fruit on your tree, the first thing you gotta do is check where the roots are at. What kind of nutrients is that thing getting? What kind of water is it getting? You have got to check that in order to see the fruit. The question becomes, are you the vine, or is he? If you're the vine, you might have some problems bearing fruit at least the fruit that he wants to see. This is a hard process. I'm just about done. This is a hard process. Um, grafting is never an easy process, my friends. When you take the plant, you have two individual cut-off pieces of a plant, and you put them together, and for the first few weeks, you actually keep them in a nursery. They go to a stage where they're strengthened and where there is faithfulness to make sure that neither part of it dies as it's grafted together. And then you take that plant, once it's doing well, once it's been nursed, and you take it and plant it, or transplant it into another place to allow it to grow. My friends, that is us. 
especially as men. The Bible says we have to get cut off. Right? You get cut off from your father and your mother, you cleave to your wife. We have to get cut off. But in the church, in the body of Christ, I want you to even see the six-month rule. He brought that back up to me this week. The reason why there's a six-month rule, and we don't describe it like this all the time, is because you have just been cut off from some other place and coming to be grafted in. You need a nursery, my friend. Otherwise, us, the pastoral staff, the elders, we're not doing our job. Because we're supposed to be faithful to make sure that the grafting and the thing that's growing the fruit stays together and neither part of it dies. We don't want you to die. And we don't want what you're bearing to die either. We refuse to let that happen. Because we're trying to be faithful like our father. My friends, then he took me one step further. The only way to get a tree to produce fruit that it does not naturally produce is to graft it in. Can you put that last picture up on the screen for me? This is a picture of a tree. As you can see, it's bearing several different kinds of fruit. And the Holy Spirit brought me back to the fact that a lot of people are actually trying to be sustained off of their gift because the gift makes room for you. You can't eat your gift. Your gift won't sustain you. It might make you some money every once in a while. But a lot of us are in churches pouring out our gifts all the time, going home wondering why our soul is starving. It's because there's no fruit. Just gifts. But he challenged me, friends, because there's something called the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, Jamal, I know that you naturally have a peace. I know that you naturally have a joy. You don't naturally have self-control. And, and brother, <laughs> sometimes the only way to get that to start growing on your tree is to graft it in. My friends, that's a traumatic process. Grafting is never not traumatic. It can produce some beautiful stuff in the end. But it's always a little traumatic. And today, friends, the Lord is taking joy and grafting it into your tree. He's taking peace. He's grafting that thing inside of you. He's taking love and gentleness and goodness and kindness, self-control. He's grafting them in. Some of the things you'll naturally bear. And even though this tree here, you see, has so many different colors, because they all come from the same rootstock. They essentially are all coming from the same place. And I thought, 
this, my friends, is what the tree with the fruit of the Spirit looks like. The rootstock is the Spirit. You get connected into Him. And then He starts to graft in these other places. Would you stand with me this morning? My friend, when you're looking at this tree here, this tree, when you take a whole bunch of fruit and you put it on the same tree. Now, uh, know that you have to have related things. You cannot take an apple and an orange and put it on the same tree, it won't work. You could do like an orange and a lemon, you could do like an apple and a cherry or something, like those are close enough in family to grow on the same tree. But when you get a tree like this, friends, they actually call it a family tree. And I'm telling you, my friends, he said so clear to, clearly to me a couple of days ago, he is trying to make a family tree in you so that he can make a family tree out of you. Come on, my friends. He's trying to make a family tree in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, okay? So that when he grafts you into the rest of the body, there's a tree that looks as beautiful as that. Lord, I thank you today for our fruitfulness. I pray that you would challenge us in the places that we um, are fruitful, but not very fruitful. Challenge us in the places that we are very fruitful, but the fruit is not remaining. Challenge us. Lord, do not let us give up our occupation or our inheritance. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys, God bless you, and have the best day of your life.